punk rock, street trash, wastelands. And here are your hosts, long-time partners in slime, Adam Obscene and Mark and Mark. Hello, listeners. This is Wastelands. I am Adam Obscene. And with me, as always, is the mighty, mighty, mighty... Marco Mark. Adam Obscene. So great to be with you again. Hello, listeners. Mate. Mate. Uh, we've Dude. always talked about the danger of revisiting childhood films that we liked. Oh, I know. It's kind of like the analogy of, you know, if you meet your heroes and they turn out to be mean, it's a bit like that. Uh, and we have still not learnt... So, <laughs> no. So, uh, check this out. Born to be a cowboy. Born to be a cowboy. I'm so sick of doing this. I'm sick of waiting for the world to end. Let's move to California. Boys. <laughs> hey man, we're not looking for any trouble. We are. They're outsiders. You know, maybe this wouldn't have happened if you'd look like normal folks. In a place you won't find on any map. Just let the cops handle it. Come on, you saw them. If we don't do anything, nobody will. So, what brings you to Utah? Uh, hunting. You are dealing with the son of a New York cat, baby! So, dude. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about the 1987 uh, 80s classic, Dudes. Dudes! 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 <laughs> I just realized it's got National Lampoon's vibes ads. Yeah, you know, that, that, last, that, kinda... that last little bit, the, the yeah. Holiday Road sort of ding ding. Holiday ding, ding, ding. Road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's got Holiday Road vibes. Um, listeners, this is a little bit of a hidden gem. Uh, dudes, 1987, it didn't come out onto VHS until 1991. It's directed by Penelope Sperez, who... Uh, Lawsoners will know from Suburbia from 1983, that sort of classic seminal punk film. Uh, she also did Decline of Western Civilization 1, 2, and 3. So the punk mm-hmm. one, which is the first one, the metal one, which was the second one, and the punk one, which was the third one. Mm-hmm. Um, and she also did Wayne's World. Um, yeah. And she also did Little Rascals and the Beverly Hillbillies movie when she sort of oh, got a bit ooh. of uh, Hollywood fame. But uh, this movie sits squarely between uh, Decline of Western Civilization 1 and 2. Mm. So between the Punk Years first one and the Metal Years the second one. And you can oh, that's sort- when it was made? Yeah. So you can sort of tell because this movie is classified as a cow punk road movie. Yeah. Um, but it has yeah. lots of metal undertones through it, which sort of happened in the late 80s where when that merge of punk and metal sort of started, those subcultures in the mainstream at least were kind of represented yeah. in a way similar. Like, outside Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, it, it's got 
for me, it's got that underground LA soundtrack. So there's some Jane's Addiction in there. Um, it's kind of all those bands that morphed from like the LA punk scene and uh, like your TSOL kind of vibes. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's got like a cross between death punk and underground glam and Jane's Addiction. Yeah, and and I think the and to to point to that the opening scene is of these punkers in um in a club uh, with the Vandals playing, and it's actually the yeah Vandals in New York City in, in New York, York City, City. Um, and that's interesting because this brings us around to the premise of the film. It's three punks which have had it with the New York punk scene, and they're going let's go for the sunny shores of the West Coast and go to LA because um, as we just heard. They're sick of sitting around waiting for the world to end. Yeah, and you know that's probably what they were feeling at the time. So it was picking up on the sentiment of probably what punkers were feeling at the time. Penelope Spurs has actually picked up that um, that sort of vibe, and she's put it into this film. So this film wants to be serious, wants to be a serious mm. road movie, but suffers probably a little bit from a comedy comedy lashings that just make it a bit cheesy. But that's what happened in the eighties, right? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's it's it, it's got that National Lampoon's kind of, um, yeah, humor in it. You know, it's a, it's a bit. It, there's a little bit of slapstick. There's a whole lot of like wow, wow jokes. It's it's good though. Mm. One thing that impressed me straight away as was that. Uh, the the punk characters uh, were written really well. They were like sensible guys. They had heads on their shoulders. They were a bit stupid, but they had heads on their shoulders. You could you could sympathise with those characters. And by nineteen eighty seven, you know, p- punks were like the the dumbass breaking bottles on their heads, kind of like you know, like the 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 dumbass henchmen. Or the dumbass like street urchins, like think of think of like, you know, uh even though it was made later, like Escape from LA and Escape from New York, like they were always the dumbass street urchins. But in this, because of who's in it and who made it, they the, the, the punk kids. Mm. Yeah. The punk kids are actually um just like normal people. So the victims turns hero. So the three punks that we're talking about. So one of them, it's funny when you look back at it. So one of them is John Cryer. So John Cryer was Ducky in Pretty in Pink. He was also yeah. um, in, uh, he was in that Two and a Half Men. Yeah, he <laughs> was. You know, Alan, Alan. Um, so it also had Daniel Roebuck in it, who plays uh, the character Biscuit. Um, so he was in Project X and a couple of, I think he actually played Jay Leno in that, oh, okay. that movie that came, it was like Jay Leno. It's Tonight Live or something like that. Anyway, he was in that. Um, and it's got Flea uh, from Red Hot Chili Peppers as yeah. the third guy. So what the, the, the spoiler alert on this lesson is, is what happens is they, they're going across country from the East Coast to the West Coast. They run afoul of some rednecks and unfortunately uh, the one of them gets topped by the rednecks, which is Flea's character, which is Milo. And he, you know, the guys are sort of traumatized. They run off into the off into the bush, into the desert, and they've got to sort of like reconcile the fact that you know their dream of going from the west east coast to the west coast has been turned into like fatal. Yeah, fatal. and it's quite brutal. Like the whole bit, the bad dude Missoula, who is sort of like this redneck 
redneck, if I might just hit me on the chin and fell down. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, look out. This redneck, um, yeah, this redneck. The, the like kind of leader. Leader. And he, he's played, and it's really cool because this guy is actually played by Lee Ving, who is the lead singer of um, Fear. Oh, um, he's so good too. So, Lee Ving is awesome in this. And and I think it's like his character, he's a badass dude. And what's so cool about it is that he is actually a renowned punker who is actually the, responsible for hunting down, becoming a redneck and hunting down the punkers, which is like, it's like. Yeah, really, it's great. And it, like you pointed out, Ads, like Flea play bass in fear and like they would have all been really close mates and it was great seeing him be the bad guy and he did it so well like so it was so it was so like awesomely evil in it Um, oh he was great he's got movie star good looks too like he was he was great for the part absolutely and i think the other thing was cool about this and um woody a mate of uh ours for of the show pointed out through um dms over the during the week when he found out that we're doing dudes one that he hadn't heard of the film which is not a surprise because (laughs) most people haven't but the other thing is then he'd been listening to a podcast with the guys from the bronx and they were interviewing leaving and he was talking about that uh, in his early years, he actually, with two other mates, jumped in a um, a van and travelled from the east coast to the west coast to start yeah. a punk band. So there's a little bit of mm. autobiographical, you know, sort of like component to this. I don't know if Penelope and um, and Lee had conspired on this, but they definitely did work together on Decline of the Western Civilization One, which um, Fear mm. has a fairly big role in that that yeah. documentary so yep um so i'd like to think great that collaboration that's, yeah i think that that's sort of but i think the great um coming of age road trip is kind of like a, a standard across lots of lots of um subcultures and it's just this is a modern day contemporary western which is chucking punks in yeah in the middle uh, of the middle of the, <laughs> the show uh, yeah and, and you know what? It's funny that you say modern and contemporary, Adam, because this film came out in 1987. And as we, we've discussed this week leading up to this show, it's actually not well, <laughs> that not, modern not, and not, contemporary not modern. in some way yeah. that we, we, we decided that we were going to quickly address. So in 1987, this would have been considered modern and contemporary take on a Western what we would consider this now <sighs> is a cringeworthy treatment of First Nations people. <laughs> Yeah, and the reason why I say this, there's listeners. This isn't about this isn't about shit canning the movie. This is just about how far things have actually come in our tolerance around the way that we represent stereotypes and people in in society, and particularly people of First Nations cultures. the The element of this, and I can see what it's like. Biscuit is a Mohican punk. Yeah. Now the whole word Mohawk obviously comes from First Nations American people. in it, I can see what they're trying to do is that he, both um, Grant, John Kyle's character, and um, Daniel Roebuck Biscuit uh, have sort of uh, visions or dreams. And so Grant dreams of a Tom Selleck-looking cowboy, who doesn't? And um, and Biscuit dreams of being a First Nations warrior who was involved in a slaughter um, of the Confederate army. Yep. Um, and at that point, I go, okay, I can get it. Reincarnation, putting yourself, you know, past lives. And it, and so this sort of gives him motivation to move forward. What I can't cop now, and it's, this is when mm. we touch back on things that are different with, you know, when it was okay. It, it was 
we sort of accepted it when you first saw it. Didn't even put an eyebrow, but the stereotypical treatment of the how I'm an Indian approach yep. was just so cringeworthy and kind of ruined it. Like ruined yeah. it, watching it back yeah. and going like, yeah. if he just said, "Look, I, 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 in another life, I saw myself in you know, I've had a, I've had a moment, I've had a mystical." envisionment and epiphany and yep. I've put myself in the place of the victim and yep. this is how we're going to move forward and I think that I might have been a First Nations warrior in a previous life. We'd go, yeah, cool, like that's reincarnation. But to all of a sudden stand there and get bows and arrows and go, how? And then speaking that really janky, <sighs> me must now go walk and shit like that. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry, it, that it, dated badly. <laughs> that's not good and that's what we were talking about at the head of the podcast about Rewatching movies that you know you you were too young to to sort of get back then, and coming back now and going ah, I wish ooh, that that wasn't not in good. it anymore. <laughs> it's like because yeah, there's so much good about it, like that the the sort of coming of age, like it's a it's a Western revenge films clearly. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. got an Elvis impersonator in it that is called the Dare Elvis. No, dead yeah. devil, you know, and he's like a rodeo Elvis clown, like hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's got some great punk rock music. It's got some great lovable punk rock characters. It's just got yeah. a really misstep in the current eyes, in a 2022 current eyes of how you actually deal with cultures. And yeah. look, you can forgive it or you can shit can it. I'm not into cancel culture. It's just a worth of making a full stop point to say, look, it was of its time and yeah. this film is not guilty, is is guilty by time, you know, looking back on it, it's not, we're not going to dwell any more on it, but yeah. It's, no, no. It's, it it would have been done this occasionally now. in our films that we watched in the 80s, right, Mark? So, sorry, mate. We do find it sometimes when we watch these films in the 80s that this type of stuff oh. pops up. Oh, yeah, it does. It does. Things have thankfully changed a lot. Uh, and, and like you said, as I agree, I'm not into cancel culture. It's a thing that came up when we rewatched the movie. And um, it's good to talk about that. It's good to talk that, about how things have changed. And even in a movie like this where you, can just, you, you kind of know that no disrespect was Intended. consciously meant. Yeah. But also... Uh, times have moved on, and it's glaringly obviously obvious now that that is uh, quite disrespectful. Yeah. Having said, yeah, if they could cut all that out, if you could just edit that out, it would still be a great movie because it's a re- it's a revenge movie. Mm. There's and it could have done without the cowboys and Indians, was, quote unquote. It was almost done for slapstick, it, you know? wasn't it? It was almost it was almost like a slapstick style of lightheartedness, but. You know, if it's a revenge western, you don't really need that. Like, it's just, no. and I think it's interesting though because Pen- Penelope Sarah's she she touched on the native um, First Nations American people in the Wayne's World films too. In the in the um, the second one, yeah, when the, it, it talks about you know the the it's got yeah. the the classic ad from the states where you know you're polluting the oceans and the crying, uh, crying. This First Nations well, man, uh, and it was for comic effect, but it was done slightly more tastefully. <laughs> so it's like, but as you said, there's obviously a running theme, and she was always about. There was always this running theme in decline of the Western civilization of the connection of subculture and primalism and tribalism, and making mm. a connection of how punkers 
are a, tr- a, sub- a suburban tribe, and mm. there was always that drawing back to that primal tri- tribalism that was pretty big in the nineties as well. Which yep. you know, how many dudes got tribal tattoos, and now we look at those tattoos and go, oh, "It's cringe," you know, yeah. like the so, timestamp. Yeah, the it's time- a time t- timestamp tramp stamp. And I think that this this film suffers from that time tramp. Stamp. Yeah, yeah, it's got a great big culturally inappropriate tramp stamp right in the middle of it and and, and it's really hard to sidestep around it so but um look it's it's if you if you check that and go okay this is when it was made this is what they it was probably it was not done maliciously it was just a a part of 1980s storytelling it was done for holiday road style national lampoons uh comedy which mm, Look, to be honest, I can't even really remember it when I first watched it when I was younger. Like yeah. it, it didn't. It was so non an issue at all. So it's yeah. so kind of funny that now, all these years later, it, it is such an issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we've 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 read into it a lot, you know. Mm. And it, uh, you're right, man. A couple of weeks ago, listeners, I got I I got this flu that's going around Australia, and I was at home and I I was off work, and I text Adam and said. Mate, have you got any recommendations of movies that I could watch while I'm recovering? And you sent through a great oh, listeners. I wish I could send you the, show you the screenshots, the whole list of movies. And you, you, when you sent me the link to Dudes, you're like, this is my favorite '80s movie. I'm like, okay. And then you rewatched it, and now we t- and and we've come to these conclusions. Yeah. It's kind of funny because it does. It's a great late 80s road movie it's supposed to be funny it's it's pretty shallow it is really shallow it was made to be kind of shallow and goofy and national lampoons but now it's amazing man it's like don't meet your heroes gone back and watched it and it's like oh fuck we've we've discovered this yeah and because i hadn't like i sent that in that list thinking um yeah cool mark check this out and then I, mean, yeah. I watched it again and just went, oh, we've got something to talk about here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, listeners, check it out. It's on, it's on YouTube. You know, yeah. see what you think. Like, you know, said it's, it's, it, it was an independent film directed by an independent director who was just about to break into Hollywood. Um, yeah. Has straight up punk rock credentials. Um, has some faces in it that, you know, like Bingley and Flea and John Cryer. It's actually got Catherine Mary Stewart in it, which is worth a mention because she was in some great 80s films that I'm going to say I loved, but I haven't rewatched them again, so who knows? Um, <laughs> the Last yeah. Starfighter and Weekend at Bernie's and um, Night of the Comet, which is another great punk rock zombie sort of movie. Oh, that's um, cool. But Weekend at Bernie's, I reckon, if you were looking back at that film, which is two dudes carrying around a dead dude, I'm pretty sure that is not going to hold up either. <laughs> no, that's not the best. That's outlandish. That's a, that was an outlandish movie. Even then. Ah. Even I, then. Even then. I, actually, you're dead right, Adam. And and that is good advice to everyone listening to this. Have a have a, watch it. Uh, and the, even just for the soundtrack, which will give you a um a glimpse into what was maybe happening in to, in the late mid to late eighties, like LA music underground. Um, you know, what, what, what was really kind of centered around like the scream nightclub and stuff where J- Jane's addiction cut their teeth, where bands like um, the flesh eaters and stuff who were kind of around like the LA punk scene, just that little bit pre black flag, you know, 
Um, you had that kind of LA punk rock scene, which was almost sounded like an American version of like the damned and TSOL and stuff like that. And what they morphed into as the eighties went on and that, you know, the city they were living in was really overtaken by, um, glam metal in, in during, you know, after their punk rock, uh, sort of wave started to subside, you know, so you, you get to see actually a really decent soundtrack of, uh, where bands like Jane's Addiction and stuff came from and where bands like TSOL and the Flesh Eaters probably ended up, you know? So, Marco, that's, you know, we'll, I'll put up a listing on the website when we go through of the all the bands that are actually in it. I might even pull a, play, a Spotify playlist together because it's actually kind of a great, um, a yeah. great, great list of songs that are in this like you said it's got some oh yeah they're all good they're all worthy um but yeah right now though mate i think we're probably like i said this is not a movie we haven't done this to shit can this movie this is purely through responding to our feeling of revisiting a film that was a bit of a childhood favorite and yeah um and you know that's what we do we grow we move on and as mature adults we can critically reflect on the missteps that of the past and that's what makes us better humans today so that's what wastelands is all about is is all about watching bad movies and human betterment. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And hillbilly chrome. Hillbilly chrome. And whenever I can see a film that has the Varquez Rocks uh, featured in it, which this one does, uh, we add that to the list. So I think that is the sixth film through the last 87 episodes where the Varquez Rocks had featured in a film. So that we don't oh, have a body so count cool. because I think that uh, doesn't require, but our, our Varquez Rocks, uh, count is six for the for the season so far. So <laughs> that's great. That's great. Yeah, it's really good. It, it's a very good movie. Go and see it, guys. It's got some issues as we've discussed. Um, yeah, and yeah, get into it. Get into the soundtrack and listen to the Gun Club. They 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 aren't in this, but they're. Their vibe is all over it. Their vibe's all over it. Uh, so, listeners, you can catch us on all the platforms. Search Wastelands Radio Show. Go to wastelands.com.au. Direct to the source to get your streaming goodness and all the other bits and pieces. We're on the socials uh, at Wastelands Radio Show or on Twitter, which is Wastelands RS. Uh, drop us a DM. Drop us a message. Let us know what you think. Uh, comment. Subscribe away. Like. Uh, rate. All that business. Marco, Mark. Yes. I know we've got some sound issues possibly coming through on here. The saltiness of the sea, which is uh, getting into our power supply while we're floating in the middle of the Tasman. I know, our uh, pirate ship. Our pirate ship is full of salt. Uh, So, listeners, please forgive us if there's a bit of buzz in the background. But right now, is there anything more you'd like to add? Listen to more Gun Club, and it's good night from me. And it's good night from him. Oh, before you say another, it's finished.